Welcome back to Inside Fantasy Football. This is Todd, your host, coming out of Houston, Texas. I'm here today to go over week seven with you, but first I wanted to let everybody know we've had a uh, schedule change here. We're going to do a a shorter podcast on Tuesdays that is going to uh, uh, give you a waiver wire update and a preview of Thursday night games. It probably won't be an hour podcast. Uh, It's probably going to be a shorter, just uh, basically focused on waiver wire and Thursday night game. I'm not a huge Thursday night game guy. Um, I'd rather just have a separate smaller a podcast dedicated to uh, possible waiver wire issues. We're dealing with bye weeks, uh, and the bye weeks bring on uh, some heavy waiver wire usage and a lot of questions between players uh, that are not normally starters. So uh, we decided to make a podcast earlier in the week starting next week uh, about just that situation there. And then we'll deal with the games on our Friday podcast uh, for the weekend and Monday night's game as well. Uh, we're going to jump straight to the week seven slate. We've got four bye weeks. So all of your players from the Packers, Raiders, Steelers, and Seahawks need to be benched. I'm sure you'll see that uh, you know, when you check your lineup out, but just as a reminder, I know we're past waiver wires, but there are still some guys that might, I mean, I'm getting Chris Godwin in a few leagues right now. He was still sitting on the waiver wire. He's probably a victim of people looking to fill some spots. That's another thing about waiver wire right now, guys, is I understand it's going to be hit hard by every team. This is when guys will use their waiver wire status, their number one spots. Let it happen. A lot of people release players trying to make room on their rosters uh, to fill voids for these bye weeks. When that happens, you can get diamonds in the rough. And if you wait for that first batch to get done or you miss it, Hit that bye week after. Hit those second round of waivers on that come around, I think, on Saturday, I believe, before kickoff. And you can get some diamonds in the rough. I have some pretty good uh, guys on hold on the second round of waivers this week as we speak. And a lot of it is just drop-off um, for people trying to make rooms on their rosters right now. It's a scramble these next few weeks. Very heavy bye week, four or five teams at a time. I think next week, I think it has more than four. If not, it's a very uh, intense four teams. Next week's, yeah, it is just four teams again. I'm sorry. Uh, but next week's by, by uh, teams are the Falcons, Cowboys, Chargers, and Titans. That's going to hit hard as well. So make sure you are uh, aware of your waiver wire deadline. Make sure you're looking a week ahead here and there um, throughout the week. You know, focus on the week at hand, but also you need to start looking ahead and getting game plans uh, a week ahead of time before waiver wire to stay in front of any major issues. Because I've seen in the past people that don't pay attention to this, uh, Sunday comes around and they are in big, big trouble playing guys uh, that they have no reason to be playing. Uh, We're going to jump right into the first game. Um... Uh, the Broncos Cardinals, it was as ugly as I thought it could be. Uh, the Broncos looked dominating. It is against the Cardinals, who I think might be just as bad as the Buffalo Bills. They could be even worse in the sense that the Buffalo Bills at least have a defense. The Cardinals' defense 
got shredded by the Keenum-led Broncos last night. They could not block on offense. That offensive line is atrocious. It's down there with the Texans and uh, the Bills as far as offensive line goes. Uh, just horrific. The Titans as well are struggling on those offensive line um, with the injuries. Uh, the Cardinals are right there. The Broncos just ate them up last night, 45-10. to 10. Uh, the only mention here would be Emmanuel Sanders. He is still having a very strong season. Uh, Keenum looked a lot better, but still is not a fantasy asset. Demarius Thomas still needs to be benched. He had four points last night. He had 40-something yards, I believe, on four catches. He needs to be benched. He's not a consistent starter at this point. I do think he has a favorable matchup next week. I'll look that up. Um, if he does, he could be on the wide receiver two uh, range next week. But most weeks, it's looking like Demarius Thomas is going to be on the outs with that offense. Keenum, he just struggles from time to time. Last night, they looked good, though. It was a blowout. Uh, the only player to mention for the Cardinals, as far as fantasy goes, is David Johnson. They are not using him properly. I suggest do not... If you could package David Johnson in a trade and get good value, that would be great. Uh, it's easier said than done. He doesn't have much value at this point. I don't think anybody's going to be jumping on him with Mike McCoy running the offense there in uh, Phoenix. It is ugly in Arizona. The Broncos, uh, Philip Lindsay looks great. Emmanuel Sanders. Demarius Thomas is still on the map. He is a benchable player depending on the matchup from week to week. He looked okay last night. He's just not dynamic like he used to be. Freeman can be benched and possibly dropped now that we're going through bye weeks. Freeman is just not getting the rock enough there in Denver. It would take a Philip Lindsay injury for anything to change on that front. And even then, I don't know how much Freeman would get it every down. It's just starting to worry me. And I picked him up in quite a few leagues as well. It's been a hard hit. We're going to move on to the Titans-Chargers. It's the England game. Uh, it's going to be at 9.30 in the morning our time. I've got the Chargers winning big time. Uh, the players to watch for there are uh, your usual suspects. It'll be Melvin Gordon, Keenan Allen, Phillip Rivers. Those are all must-starts in all formats. Austin Eckler is a possible flex in PPR if you're desperate on a bye week. That Chargers defense is startable against the worst offense in the NFL. Second worst offense, I guess, to Buffalo. But the Titans are struggling right now. They really have nothing to mention uh, in, in, in fantasy, sadly, except for maybe Corey Davis. He would be a boomer bust, desperate flex move in any format. But still, I, I suggest getting around any Titan until further notice. The Texans at the Jaguars. Uh, this will be a, a test of both teams. I think the Jags are going to come in angry after getting blown out by Dallas last week. I think the Texans are uh, going to have to dig deep here. They're going to play a tough defense. Watson is beat up. They have no offensive line. If they can somehow pull out this win, I like the Texans to win this division. That's how big I think this game is this early in the season. But... My money is on, if anybody asks me right now, the Jags should win, and they should win uh, pretty handedly. They're not a team that's going to blow you out with a ton of points, uh, but I do think they're going to beat the Texas handily. I'm thinking more along the lines of a 30-13, to 27-13, somewhere around there. Uh, 
Bortles is startable in two quarterback leagues. He's dropped quite a bit. I don't that Texans pass defense is not great, but Bortles finds a way to uh, you know, I hate to really rag on Bortles, but still he's not in the top 12. He needs to be a QB2 at this point. If Yeldon plays, he is a strong RB2. I would try to shy away from any Jaguars receivers, but the only reason why I'm going to mention them and give them a rank for you is because they are playing the Texans, who can be a sieve in the offensive, I mean, in the passing game. Keelan Cole, DD Westbrook. Those guys are both boomer bust flex plays in PPR. I don't see much running room there for the Jags. I do think they're going to have to air it out a little bit, so I do raise my value for Keelan Cole and D.D. Westbrook a little bit. I don't trust Moncrief at all. I don't trust the tight ends there at all either, even against the Texans' defense. I think it's going to be a little bit of an ugly game. I do have the Jags scoring 27, 30 points somewhere around there. I, I, I predict some turnovers. Uh, that are going to cause some points there in Jacksonville. I don't really think it's going to be so much the offense going nuts all day. As far as the Texans go, Hopkins and Watson are hobbled. I would try to get around starting Watson. Hopkins is still a start week in, week out in all formats guy for me, uh, unless his injuries get worse. Fuller needs to be benched. QT is a desperate flex play in PPR. I would try to get around it. But if you have to, considering we are on some crazy bye weeks, Kiki, QT, could be started as a flex. I would try in PPR. Technically, he could be a flex in any format. He's getting that much volume, even though the last game was a little bit of a downtick. I do think the Jags are not going to give anything over the top, so I expect to see a lot of Kiki, QT underneath for the Texans. He could be a value play at flex. No running backs. I don't trust Lamar Miller. I don't trust any of the tight ends. It's basically just Hopkins, QT, and a desperate play going into this week against the Jags. Yeah, against the Jags. They are just that defense. Even though against Dallas they laid an egg, I think they're going to come in angry. They're on their home field. It's going to be an interesting game to see and, uh, no matter what. I think it's this is a big interdivision game for those two teams. The Panthers at the Eagles. I've got Eagles winning pretty easily. Uh, A lot of people have it closer than I do, but I do think the Eagles, I think they're going to start settling in now. They they can let the running back situation be a flux there. It's probably going to be on the heavier side for Clement, but I would try to stay away from Smallwood or Clement or any running back issue there in Philly. It is not looking conducive. Uh, to a ton of uh, rushing stats, but I do think you might get some catches in PPR. That makes Clement, to me, a valuable PPR flex play. I could throw, I would throw him in at flex. Smallwood, he could be benched at this point. He needs to be rostered, but I would not be starting. Let's see how this backfield shakes out. Carson Wentz is a QB1 start in all formats. Same goes for Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. They need to be starting in all formats. I would even start this Eagles defense. The Panthers are not a turnover-heavy team, but I do think the Eagles defense is going to come to play in this, and I would start them against the Panthers. As far as the Panthers go, uh, McCaffrey, he's a must-start at this point. I'm a little worried about this game. The Eagles play the run pretty well. I have a gut feeling they may box him in. 
But I still can't tell you not to start him. You have to be starting McCaffrey uh, in every game that he starts at this point. He is a dynamic little guy. Uh, Cam Newton needs to be started even against the Eagles. They've been a little bit looser in the passing game. And I think Cam's going to have a pretty good day. Uh, he's back in QB1. If you have somebody a little higher like Winston or or you know any of those guys, uh, Dalton and so on, uh, you take those guys. But if your highest-rated quarterback is Cam, you should be fine. As far as receivers go, there in Carolina, Greg Olson at tight end, he can be started in all formats. And Devin Funches, he'll get you his usual seven catches for 70 yards, maybe a touchdown. If that's enough for you, Funches is a, a wide receiver. Back in wide receiver two, top in wide receiver three for me. We're going to move on to the Vikings at the Jets. I'm interested in this game. I've got a lot of players going in it heavier on the Viking side like most. Uh, Dalvin Cook is out. Take Dalvin Cook out of your lineup. Latavius Murray, insert him into the lineup. I think they're going to give him the ball. They need that run game. Even though the Jets don't give up a ton in the rushing game, I think Latavius Murray can uh, help open it up a little bit for uh, Kirk Cousins in the uh, passing game if he can run the ball a bit. I think they're going to try to focus on that. I predict Murray to have a decent day. He'll definitely get the goal line carries. And I do think the Vikings will be on that goal line a couple times. I'm looking at a touchdown or two, maybe 60, 70 yards from Murray. Uh, Definitely a plug-and-play RB2. Latavius Murray for the injured Dalvin Cook. Kirk Cousins, QB1. Diggs and Thielen, both wide receiver one. uh, Thielen's a wide receiver one. Diggs is a strong wide receiver two at this point. Rudolph is a start week in, week out tight end. I know he's not exciting, but he's steady, and that's that's all you need at the tight end position right now. Very weak position. The Jets, Crowell is injured. Game time decision again, it's looking like, with that ankle. I would try to get around any Jets running back, including Powell in PPR. Doesn't matter. I have a feeling the Vikings are starting to gear up for their run and that defense. With or without Griffin, they're a lot uh, different without uh Everson Griffin out there. He makes a huge difference for this team. But I do think even though he is not going to be there, they are going to play a Jets team that on offense is struggling with injuries. I think the Vikings defense is a start play. I also think that this is going to be problems for the Jets. I don't see much offensive weaponry to start in PPR. A desperation flex play could be Powell at running back in PPR. And with the injuries to Anunua, they've got a few injuries on their wide receiving core. Robbie Anderson and Curse both get upticks in the passing game. But I think Minnesota is going to be dominant enough. I would try to even get around any receivers. That's where this week, usually it's Crowell. Crowell and Powell always have some kind of fantasy relevance. But this week, honestly, I'm just going to tell you to try to get around them. If you have to play them, then do it. You never know. Crowell could get that goal line carry. Powell could get break that one big run. I would uh, definitely focus on the Vikings. If you have any Vikings, they should do well in this game. I have Vikings winning pretty handedly. Patriots at Bears. I think it's the game of the week. Everybody's talking about it in the NFL. It's up there. Bengals and Chiefs is going to be interesting as well. But 
Patriots Bears. This is going to tell you where the Bears are at after their funky loss to the Dolphins last week. Uh, Mac is kind of hobbled. They say he's going to play. That means he may play hurt. If they don't get that pressure on Brady, which I don't know if they were going to get it anyway, the, pa- the pa- Patriots offensive line gives up the least amount of pressures to quarterback. I think that takes that bite of that D out. I have the Patriots winning in Chicago pretty handedly. This one, a lot of people are flipped on. A lot of people have the Bears taking out the Patriots because of their defense. I don't see it that way. As far as the Bears go, I would still... Trubisky is still a streamer starter at quarterback. He's not a QB1, but if you're on a bye week issue, he could be a streamer against that Pats secondary. I would stay away from Jordan Howard. Tariq Cohen is a starter in all formats at this point. I think he's fitting into this offense perfectly. Uh, they're scheming him the ball in the right spots with open area in front of him where he can use his agility. I think Cohen is a very strong RB2 going forward. Howard is a wait-and-see bench guy. I think they're still going to try to get him in the mix. He is going to get the goal line carries. He's still very much on the fantasy radar, but this week... I would get around Howard. Let's see what they do with Cohen. They could easily go back to Howard at some point. He's definitely a guy you do not want to to release. You could trade Howard. If you can find a deal for him, now would be the time to trade Howard. You might get some decent playback for him. Burton is a starter at tight end. He's not doing much this season, but there's not much at the position. He's a week-in, week-out starter just on necessity. There's just not much there. The only wide receiver I would start for the Bears is Taylor Gabriel. If Allen Robinson plays, they're saying he might not play, but if Allen Robinson plays, he would be a starter as well. For the Patriots, Sony Michelle is a week-in, week-out starter. Tom Brady, week-in, week-out starter. They are matchup-proof. I would start at the flex position, Josh Gordon. I would start at the flex position, Julian Edelman. If you happen to have them on the same team, slide Gordon up to that wide receiver too. He'll fit in just fine. The passing game is the Chicago weak spot. The rushing game, I am banking on Michelle getting goal line carries. With the help of James White back there, James White is also relevant in PPR. And he can definitely be started in PPR as a flex, James White. Gronk is still a week-in, week-out. I know he's been struggling stat-wise. I know he's not as quick as he used to be, and he's full of injuries as always. He is a week-in, week-out starter at tight end. The Bears are a sieve to tight ends. I think Gronk should at least get a touchdown. With Gronk, I'm thinking 60 yards and a TD. That is going to be a great game to watch, by the way. If you have time to watch it, Patriots at Bears. Should be a very, very entertaining game. We're going to go to the flip side. Bills at Colts. Not a very entertaining game. Uh, The Bills, the only player to mention fantasy relevance-wise is LaShawn McCoy. And McCoy, uh, he's a flex. He's a flex. Back end RB2 flex. He just uh, he gets volume. He's the only running back that does anything there. He's the only player, really. There's one other player that keeps popping into my mind as I've been looking at this week with the bye weeks and this. And, uh, Clay at tight end. I have a feeling that Anderson, who just got signed off the street, will be playing quarterback for the Bills this week. I think he'll be looking for outlets. 
and I think Clay will be on that front. So if you want a sleeper, streamer, tight end, Clay for Buffalo if he's on the waiver wire, if he happens to be on the waiver wire, Clay for Buffalo I think might get some run this week. Starting to kind of like Zay Jones, by the way, but he's not on the fantasy map yet. But just watching the way he's a good-looking player. He's not the quickest player, but he's got he's a big guy with hands. Kind of like Zay Jones there in Buffalo, but he's just not quite on the map yet. As far as the Colts go, they're saying T.Y. Hilton might be in. If he's in, he is a wide receiver too. Start in all formats. Luck, even though they're playing a very tough Bills defense, I would still start Luck in all formats. Marlon Mack. RB2, all formats. I would even start Chester Rogers in PPR. I think he'll still get some uh, target volume. And Eric Ebron is a must-start tight end in all formats this week. We're going to move on to another game I'm going to have my eye on. Another pretty decent matchup. At least interesting matchup. The records don't really reflect the uh, how interesting the matchup is, but... Beyond the records, just the teams where the, the state that they're in and the players they have. Cleveland at Buccaneers. Cleveland at Tampa Bay. Very, very interesting game. Baker Mayfield is about to start a stretch of teams with bad defenses. He is going to be on the first week of that stretch. I actually have him starting in a couple leagues. Mayfield has not lit up the world fantasy-wise. So this is kind of a risky play here. But if you're in a desperate situation like I am in a couple leagues, I am starting Mayfield. I'm streaming him. I think Njoku's going to have a big day. I think Landry's going to bounce back. He's had a rough few weeks. I even think Carlos Hyde will get a goal line carry. He is playable in all, well, mainly standard. I'll still say all formats. Hyde is a zero in the passing game pretty much. So I would shy away from Hyde and PPR if you can. If not, a touchdown is a touchdown in all formats. So I do think he's going to get goal line carries, even in PPR. So Hyde, to me, is startable just on the touchdown possibilities in all formats. The Buccaneers... Winston is a QB1 going forward, week-in, week-out starter, Jameis Winston. That offense is just perfect for him. Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, all startable. Evans is a wide receiver one. Godwin and Deshaun Jackson are boomer bust wide receiver threes. All startable, though, because of the way that offense is set up. Anything can happen anytime. I think Deshaun actually is probably the riskiest of them all. He needs a big play to have a big day, usually. Godwin gets pretty steady work. He's had one bad game this year, and Winston seems to use uh, look for him a lot. I have those two connecting in the end zone once in this game. I think it's going to be a pretty high-scoring high affair, even though the Browns' defense is pretty darn good. I still think it's going to be high-scoring. I have the Buccaneers winning at home. The Lions at the Dolphins. Very interesting game off of the bye week, the Lions. I think they're going to use Kerryon Johnson more. Kerryon Johnson is a must-start in all formats to me. He's a little bit of a boomer bust RB2. And I know boomer bust is not usually used with RB2s. But Kerryon, the only reason why we say boomer bust, because we don't know what exactly they're going to do there. He's been the most talented running back there all season, and they seem hesitant to get the kid the ball. And he looks like gold when he runs the ball when he gets an open field he is strong he's fast carry on johnson is my streamer there in that game for the lions i would start him for sure stafford is still startable back in qb1 galladay 
tape, both startable tape and PPR, Galladay and standard. As far as the Dolphins go, I would still start Gore and Drake. I think Drake is a boomer bust flex. I think Gore is a uh, strong a back top of the RB three. He's not quite an RB two, but he's right there on the verge. He's getting enough volume there. So Gore is on the map. If you needed a running back. Stills and Albert Wilson are the only receivers I would think about. Stills is really not stepping up like he was thought. He you know, it just really hasn't panned out in that offense, at least up to this point. Albert Wilson is the only receiver I would start in Miami. The Saints at the Ravens. This game is going to be fun. I've got the Ravens winning at home. I don't trust Drew Brees on the road. Uh, he's just got a long history. I've had Breeze as my fantasy quarterback for over a decade in random leagues all over the map. And one thing I have noticed, along with other people, of course, I'm not saying I'm the only one that's noticed. Uh, I know it's a little bit of a talk. It's a real thing. Drew Breeze on the road is a tough go in fantasy against a very, very, very tough Ravens defense. I think they're going to bottle him up a little bit. And I think the Saints are also going to run the ball quite a bit this game. I think it's going to be a heavy Mark Ingram game. Doesn't necessarily mean Ingram's going to have a great game. I think Ingram's going to need a touchdown to make his day worth it. Uh, Mark Ingram, without a touchdown, you're looking at maybe 15 carries, 68 yards is what keeps coming in my head. Maybe a touchdown. Now, if he gets that touchdown, you've got a productive day. I think Kamara's going to get a lot of short passing work. I think he's got a better chance for a touchdown, even though he probably won't get the goal line work. I think they're going to scat him around a little bit. Uh, Both are startable. I would say Kamara's a running back. One still just on volume. I think he's going to run and receive in this game just to get by because the defense is tough. Ingram is a flex to me this week. I think he's still settling into the offense, and I want to see how they use – full go against a good defense. I want to see if they're just going to bang Ingram between the tackles. If they do, he's going to get an uptick going into next week. They're still startable. Breeze, Kamara, Ingram, Michael Thomas are all startable in all formats. The running backs are the only ones with a question mark for me. Breeze, I'm actually not starting in a couple leagues because I have higher-ranked quarterbacks as my backup, at least this week. Uh, Jameis Winston I have starting over Breeze in a league. It sounds weird. I know uh, with the eyes, it's, it seems like blasphemy. We're talking fantasy football here. So uh, the Saints, they got both their running backs back. You got to look at the situation. Breeze is going to get a down tech going forward. He's not going to be like those first six weeks. They're not going to open it up like that. They're going to part of the way the Saints work is banging it with the two running backs. Now, Breeze is still going to be very, very, very fantasy relevant because they're going to use that play action. He's still going to get a couple touchdowns a game. He's just not going to have to throw for heavy yardage anymore. And a lot of that yardage goes to Kamara, so they work hand-in-hand, those two. And he does throw the ball to Ingram as well on screens. They're very screen-oriented, so those three will kind of feed off each other. The Cowboys at the Redskins. I've got Redskins winning at home. I think it's going to be a very close game. These two teams are identical to each other. 
They are play from ahead, grounded out, old school defensive football teams. Now, the Cowboys just come up a 40-7 to blowout. I know everybody in Dallas and all the Dallas fans are thinking that they've got a Rams situation all of a sudden, but that's just not who they are. It was just one of those weeks where the Jags didn't show up and the Cowboys came amped up. If the Cowboys keep that same offensive scheme, they've got a better chance at winning this game. I just have a feeling the Redskins at home, this is an interdivision game. They're going to come to play, and that Redskins defense is very, very good. Could be the best right there with the Eagles uh, as far as best in the division. Cowboys also have a very, very good defense. Uh, That's why these two teams are similar. Uh, Cowboys statistically are a little bit better than the Redskins. Um, So that's going to make this game interesting. I just give the edge to the Redskins at home. They don't have a ton as far as fantasy relevance. AP, Adrian Peterson, if he plays, is an RB2 in all formats. Chris Thompson is a flex in PPR. Jordan Reed at tight end is startable in all formats. And Alex Smith could start in a QB2 league. Prescott, he's only startable in a QB2 league. Ezekiel Elliott is Ezekiel Elliott is a RB1 in all formats at all times. He is starting every week. As far as the Cowboys go, it gets a little funky here. Beasley in PPR is startable. I don't have much else. I'm waiting for Gallup to uh, come to the scene uh, as, as, as everybody else is. He's got the talent. I think they're starting to look for him a little bit. Gallup needs to be on people's radars. I don't think I would rush to the waiver wire just yet, uh, but Gallup is a guy to be looking for in that offense. The Cowboys get Sean Lee back, by the way, on defense. I I think either defense, the Redskins or the Cowboys, could be startable this week as a, as a defense in uh, fantasy for sure. Both defenses are going to be strong. Lee coming back may tilt me towards the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a close game. But I'm still leaning Redskins at home, guys. Rams at Niners should be a blowout. I won't waste too much time on this. Bethard could be a starter in QB2 leagues because in the back end of, you know, in the top 20, maybe 22 or 23 in the rankings. But they're going to be playing from behind. He's going to have to throw because the Rams are going to jump way up on him. The only startable running back, I know they've got, you know, some guys banging around in the back, you know, trying to make a name for themselves there in San Francisco, but it's Matt Breida and George Kittle. Those are both startable guys, along with Bethard and Q, uh, QB2 leagues. No receivers at this point. If you're desperate, maybe Garcon, they are going to have to play catch up. Uh, Marquise Goodwin had a decent game last week. He is startable in PPR. Desperation. Try to get around it, but if you got Goodwin and you don't have much else, he's not a bad play. Kittle is a tight end one, by the way, for this Niners offense. I know they're tough to watch. They're not very exciting, but Kittle is a good tight end. The Rams are the opposite. Great team to watch. I got them winning the NFC, as a lot of other people do at this point. They are just loaded everywhere. Gurley, Goff, Cooks. Woods, all must starts in all formats. Sneaky play at tight end if you need a streamer, if you're uh, get your tight ends on by or whatever the situation. Higby or Everett at tight end 
either guy, I, I think the, the Niners give up a ton to tight ends. I think both guys will get some play. If I had a gun to my head, had to choose a guy, it would be Higby. He seems to be the guy that steps up, but Everett runs more passing routes. So it's one of those pick-your-poison type situations. Also, try to get around it. This is only a desperation play at tight end. But Higby and Everett should get some run. Bengals at Chiefs Sunday night should be a blast to watch. Uh, tons of fantasy players in this game. I'll start with the Bengals. Dalton, Mixon, Boyd, Green, Azuzama, the tight end. I always mess up his name. All startable in all formats. The Chiefs have a horrible defense. On the Chiefs side, the usual suspects, Mahomes, Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, even Sammy Watkins at the flex are all startable in all formats. And we'll finish off with the Monday night game. The Giants at the Falcons. This ought to be a barn burner. Tons of points going around here. I'll start with the Giants. You got Barkley, OBJ, Ingram should be back at tight end, and I would even say Sterling Shepard is a flexible player. He could start at flex in any format, especially PPR, even with Ingram there. The Falcons' defense is horrible. Could be the worst in the league, hands down. Probably is the worst in the league. Tampa Bay's right there with them, but Falcons, really bad. They'll make Eli look pretty good this week. Eli is a streamable QB2 league guy, super flex. If you are having bye week issues, I would try to get around ever starting Eli in any situation, but this is one of those where he is playing the worst defense in the league. So if you were going to have to stream him at any point this season, it would be against the worst defense in the league. On the Falcon side, Freeman is out for the season. It's a big hit to a lot of fantasy players. Uh, the judge, Ito Smith, will get some goal line work there. I would still try to get around him. <coughs> I think Tevin Coleman will get more of the work. Um, he is a f- strong flex for me. But Ito Smith needs to be on benches. He doesn't need to be on waiver wire. So if you can get Ito, he's not a bad guy, especially if you have Tevin Coleman. Try to get the combo there because if something happens to Coleman, God forbid, for that Falcons team that's having a horrible year with injuries, Edo Smith would be the guy getting it up. But he hasn't necessarily looked spectacular, but he does run strong. He gets good goal line work. Right now, the back I would start is Tevin Coleman. Start him at a flex position if you can. Julio Jones. Calvin Ridley, I think, is going to be a game-time decision, and Sanu as well. So both of those receivers are hurt. If they play, they immediately jump to wide receiver two status, Sanu and or Ridley. They are both startable if they play. Now, that is a tough one. It's a Monday night game. Plan for it. If you don't know anything by Sunday, I'm not going to sit here and tell you to wait on a guy that has a big questionable Monday night game, questionable tag, because you you could be stuck with no uh, replacement. So Monday night situation there for Ridley and Sanu. I would try to get around it. Julio Jones, of course, is startable in all formats, even though he never scores touchdowns. He still gets 160 yards or whatever a game, but no touchdowns. It's mind-boggling with Julio Jones. But he's so productive, he catches it in PPR, he kills it. He's going to give you 10 catches for 150 yards. 
The only thing is, he's not going to score. All right, guys, that covers all the games in Week 7. We've got the website updated with rankings as well. Uh, That is InsideFantasy.SimDiff.com, InsideFantasy.SimDiff.com. There's a link to it there um, on the Anchor site. By the way, guys, anybody that wants to get a podcast going, Anchor.com. Anchor is a great utility to use to do podcasts. They really do it right there. Uh, I have nothing but great things to say about them. Thanks for your patience on our switch over on our schedule. I will hit you up with the Waiver Wire podcast on Tuesday. Uh, and this will be our schedule going forward so that we can tackle by bye weeks and waiver wire issues early in the week and focus here late in the week on the upcoming games. Good luck on all the games this weekend. Any questions, you can also hit me up at Todd's Fantasy Picks at gmail.com. Good luck, guys. Till next time.